You're listening to the Triple P Parenting Podcast from 612 ABC Brisbane. For more information, visit abc.net.au slash Brisbane. What are the effects of television on young children? Dr. Alina Moraska is here from the Triple P Parenting Program. Alina, welcome back. Thank you. I'm dubious or sceptical about television as an educational tool, but tell me... um, do educational programs on television do their job? Well, I think uh, TV is sometimes made out to be more worse and um, better in, uh, in many ways than it really is. So I think it's probably neither as bad or as good as it's made out to be. Um, look, certainly in terms of educational programs, there's a little bit of evidence, um, particularly with high-risk deprived children, that it can make a difference, for example, in terms of their vocabulary development. But for the majority of children, it doesn't really add very much to their development. What matters is the interaction with other people. That's, that's what the most important thing is. So television really, for young children, really is just a babysitter for parents. Yeah, and it's certainly um, a very effective one. Um, and I think, you know, but both, not an educational one, terribly. But I don't think we can say it's an educational one, no. So you can't really drop your kid in front of a television program and say they're learning. No, uh, and certainly not for prolonged periods of time. I mean, I think children can learn interesting things from television. Um, I think we all enjoy watching television and it's a good source of entertainment for all of us and that's not a problem. It's more the length of time that is spent in front of the television and the sorts of things that children might be watching. What's a good idea for a time restriction for, before we move on? Well, it depends on the age of the child. So for children that are babies or toddlers, the guidelines say no TV, no screen time at all. None um, at all for toddlers? None at all for toddlers. Amen to that, right, okay. okay. And then, which isn't always easy, but that, that's, that's what the guidelines suggest. Um, for older children, preschoolers and primary school age children, the guidelines recommend around an hour of screen time. Now that includes TV and any other type of screen time, computers, um, all together. game players, yes. No more than an hour. An hour a day, yeah. And I think what are the current rates? Nearly three hours, I Something they? like that is about the average. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes, so we've, got, we've certainly got a difference between the guidelines and what, what parents are actually, or children are actually doing. My guest is here from the Triple P Parenting Program. Dr. Alina Moraska is her name. My name's Steve Austin, and this is 612 ABC Brisbane and ABC Digital. How do parents decide what is effective educational programming? How would you know? I think parents do need to be choosy about what their children are watching. Um, It, again, depends a little bit on the age of the child. Uh, It does need to be developmentally appropriate. For example, preschoolers, um, you know, they certainly appreciate the colours and the activities and certainly get attached to certain characters in TV shows and cartoons, but they don't often understand things like flashbacks or dreams or um, they can get scared by things that most other people wouldn't, even if the intentions of the scary monster in the program are good. can sometimes be scared by that. So generally for younger children, parents need to be mindful that things aren't scary, that there's no violent imagery, that the imagery is not sexualized in any way, uh, and that it doesn't contain sort of adult um, themes. It's really difficult to um, protect from sexualized content because much of our culture, in fact, as as feminist writers have argued, uh, including Naomi Wolf, almost everything is sexualized Mm. in the commercial advertising world now at some level. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing, that it's not just the programs that children are watching, but also the advertising that comes in between. And especially younger children often don't know the difference between advertising um, and the actual um, TV show because they can be embedded so, yes. so effectively together. Yeah. Uh, 
so educational programming, a parent's got to really make some very distinct, clear choices and look for very distinct, clear uh, what's the word? Indicators as to how educational it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think rather than focusing on the educational aspect, it's thinking about if you're going to limit your child's screen time to an hour a day, thinking about the time, for example, when that's most appropriate and considering, you know, what it is that the child enjoys. So it could be a cartoon or something like that. That's not educational at all. But if you only do it for an hour a day, there's no problem. I mean, for example, children are often freshest in the mornings um, and more likely to play than watch TV. So, so for example, do not switching... turn on the television in the morning. Yep. For example, <laughs> switch it off in the morning. But if the child's favourite TV show is on in the morning, record it, play it to them in that witching hour when everybody's trying to get ready for their evening meal, for example. Where do you stand on Sesame Street? Yeah, Sesame Street's an interesting one because that's actually been one of the shows that has shown an educational effect, but it's been shown for very deprived children. Um, in children that are not deprived, it doesn't make any difference. Um, so it can certainly have benefits, but it's not likely to make a terrible amount of difference to the average child. What about something like the ABC's own play school? Where do you stand on play school? I mean, again, unlike Sesame Street, I'm not aware of any um, research that has looked at play school, but I suspect the evidence would be fairly similar, that if you've got deprived children um, who are not exposed to a lot of language, for example, play school might be beneficial to them. For the average child, probably doesn't make one way difference one way or another. My guest is Dr Alina Moraska from the Triple P Parenting Program. Does television actually damage your child's eyesight? Well, I'm not sure what the optometrist would say that, and I'm certainly not I'm not in a really position to, to comment on that. Um, I think there's certainly evidence that too much television can damage all sorts of aspects of a child's development, um, eyesight possibly included. I mean, we know that if children are spending too much time in front of the TV, generally what that means is that they're not spending time doing other more important things for their development. They're not reading, they're not um, playing creatively, they're not being outdoors. Um, one of the best... Um, predictors of childhood overweight and obesity is time spent doing sedentary things like watching television because it just tends to displace those other positive activities. So if you don't want your child to have health problems later on in life, minimise or drastically reduce their television watching yeah. earlier on in life? Yeah. Yeah, simply because it just tends to displace those other positive activities. And I think we all know that very well as adults. If we spend three hours in front of the TV, that's three hours we haven't spent doing something else. Mm. What about uh, screen time overall? I mean, does screen time... I mean, I've I noticed as an adult that the amount of computer screens I look at... I mean, I'm, I'm surrounded by... Hang on. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 screens... Mm in the studio, one at my desk and one at home, and I feel my eyes get tired and sore. Mm -hmm. And it must be, it must have some effect on the developing eye, the young eye, surely the amount of screen time. Yeah, I mean, certainly it can have an effect on, you know, all aspects of development. And we, we know, for example, that TV can have an, can have an effect on attention. Um, so children that are exposed to lots of television when they're very young do tend to have more attention problems um, in their primary school years. Um, probably, I didn't pay attention when I was <laughs> at school. That, that's my problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. Probably because there's just so much imagery, so many quick changes in television and what children are watching, uh, so much stimulation. And so they tend to get used to that. Um, and places like school just aren't that stimulating compared to a te television program. All right. At, at what age do they... Do children start picking up on the content of adult programs that, 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 that mum and dad are watching? 
Well, it depends really on what you mean by picking up on it. I think even very young children, um, you know, even toddlers, preschoolers can certainly imitate what they're seeing on television. They might not understand what it means, but they can certainly potentially imitate some of that behaviour, which is obviously problematic if it's violent or sexualised imagery. Uh, I think for older children... um, what they can be picking up is some of the scary elements and that can be very, very frightening for them when they don't understand what the content is. Uh, For example, if they're seeing, um, uh, you know, things in the news um, like floods or emergencies or or wars and and those sorts of things, that can be incredibly frightening for children, even right through to, to, you know, late primary school years because they don't necessarily understand that that's not happening right here in their backyard. Okay. What about things like interactive technology? So the they, they, act, they may act out things that they see in adult programs, but what about interactive technology like video games and, and those pad devices and things like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a very similar sort of story. Um, again, you know, people argue one way or another that video games in particular are terrible for children. In fact, some people have argued that they're probably possibly educational, that they train your fine motor skills and those sorts of things. Again, it's a matter of how much time you spend on it. Okay. If you spend three hours playing a game, it's not good for your children. I learned the other day that my four-year-old knows how to use an iPad, and I don't have one. It turned out that the um, the institution, which is doing pre-prep, I think it is, uh, they ha- hold up the iPad, they can press the screen, and the letter comes out uh, at more uh, larger, and they're asked to say what the letter is and then they press it again or something like that, and then they hear the sound of the letter, and they hit it again, and it goes away. So, it, And that's actually proving quite useful for recognising letters, uh, which quite surprised me. But the downside was my, my kid now knows how to use this iPad perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I think with technology advancing and children being exposed to all these devices, they're often much better at accessing them than parents are. Yeah. And again, it's the kind of tool that can be quite effective for children um, in learning something like the alphabet or numbers. In some ways, it's just another form of like a little flashcard or having the magnetic alphabet letters on your fridge. It's yeah. just more advanced. Okay, fair um, enough. How would you regulate screen time then? Wrap it up for me. How would, overall, how, how would you regulate screen time? Limit it. Don't have it in the morning. Yeah, it's about picking time. So if you decide one hour a day, think about when that hour is most effectively used. Often it's not in the morning because children are pretty fresh. They can be doing other things. Meal times is often another time when pe- uh, people turn the TV on. That's often not a great time either. It's better spent in conversation, etc. Um, so picking the time is important. Picking the type of program is important so that parents are thinking about what the child is watching and also thinking about it as an interactive activity so that parents and children are watching together and discussing what's actually being watched so the child is becoming an active viewer rather than just passively sitting in front of that media. My guest is Dr Alina Moraska. She's here uh, from the Triple P Parenting Program. Uh, Alina Donna, a listener from Windsor, has sent us a note saying... Her daughter is in grade two, and the teacher said to buy them a a pad device. Is that a good idea, do you think? Well, I'm not quite sure what their rationale from that particular school. Well, they're appearing in schools all over the place. They're getting them to Mm. use iPads of different sorts in all sorts of schools, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and look, in some ways it's becoming the norm, isn't it, that children are exposed to to laptops. I know when I went to school, um, most of us still hand-wrote our assignments. Um, I think that's probably unthinkable um, in in most classes now, and that's, that's fine. I mean, children have to be used to this kind of technology. It's a question to the extent to which that technology replaces other forms of learning and interaction. Um, there has to be a balance between the extent to which a child is um, overly focused on technology and involved in interaction with adults, with teachers, with their peers.
Alina, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Dr. Alina Moraska from Triple P Parenting. You've been listening to the Triple P Parenting Podcast from 612 ABC Brisbane. For more information, visit abc.net.au slash Brisbane.